while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. still with New Bedford Mayor Scott Lang. So we wrapped up the local talk. You know, we talked about the sheriff's race, the you know, the, the delegation getting reelected. But we'll take your calls on it. We'll take your calls at 508-996-0500. We saw some calls at the end of the sh- at the end of the hour. We couldn't take them uh, because, you know, we right, couldn't take them and didn't have enough time. But now we have all the time in the world. So Mayor Lang, we talked about state and local. Um what do you think? And 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 this is you know we're we don't know the uh, we don't we don't know that uh, the the final outcome of the like who controls what chamber, but the Democrats have at least a path to control both chambers still, and uh, seem likely to control the Senate. Um, what do you think of that? So I, f- f- before I answer that, I just want to say that when you used to come into the studio, it would smell like Subway. And Subway is a good sandwich place, and I, right. you know, I have no problem with that. I just ran out to my car for something. It smells so good out there. It is a combination of ninety nine, yeah, and Ricardi's Fairhaven. Oh yeah, yeah. And it, it's unbelievable. I mean, anyone, if you're looking to go out to dinner somewhere right now, go to Ricardi's in New Bedford or Ricardi's in Fairhaven, or come to ninety nines. But if 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 it smells that great, it's got to be even better. And uh, you guys are lucky to be here at night to to inhale that. It's just perfect. <laughs> so the the important question, though, is uh, where are we with a divided government right now? It looks like the Republicans are going to get the worst wish you could ever have, which is be the majority party in the House by three or four votes. Right. Yeah. And they are they are going to have a real dead reckoning because that party. Uh, that that is right now, in all the wrong ways, a Big Ten party, and whoever the speaker is, and I'm not sure it will be McCarthy, but whoever the speaker is, every day is going to be hurting uh, people who cannot agree on what time it is in Washington D.C. Right. And it's going to be tough. The other thing is that uh, uh, if the if if for some reason the Democrats hold on to the House, which would be a one or two vote. Majority, which means nothing because they've been acting, you know, they've had a five vote majority now for the past uh, basically better than a year. Uh, So it would be business as usual. Uh, They better replace their speaker. Okay. They, they better replace their speaker. Um, Nancy Pelosi, what you think of her is, is uh, up to you guys. Um, Don't hold me down. I'm going to tell you how I feel. All right. Sure. I, in 2010, I thought that Nancy Pelosi should give up. Actually, should give up the minority 
position at that point after she lost the House. Right. Um, I, I honestly believe that it is not healthy for the Democratic Party or the country to have Nancy Pelosi, Steny Hoyer, uh, right. uh, you know, the, the group of octogenarians. Uh, Steny Hoyer was there during Watergate. The Right, right. Steny, Ho- Steny Hoyer was a young Dem. Yes. Up at 45 or 50 when I was at the DNC. Steny okay. Hoyer, for people who don't know, is a congressman from Maryland, and he is the majority leader. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that we need, even if the Dems hold the House, we need new leadership. Mm-hmm. Now, the Senate. The Senate, we've done what we have uh, done the last couple of cycles. Uh, we have put, meaning the Democratic Party, the, the Democratic Senate Campaign Committee, the DNC, uh, Blue Wave, uh, put an emphasis on seats that we could not win. We spent a lot of money on seats we could not win. Yeah. So you see the, the uh, result in North Carolina and you say, gee, you know, a little bit of money there would have helped. Uh, Ohio, I think, is, is just an obstacle too big. Right. But they gave Ryan no help whatsoever. Yeah. And he came within seven or eight. I, I don't think he was a good candidate either. Ryan, but Ryan is, is, put it this way, Ryan was the best you had. Yeah. And, and the fact of the matter is that if Ohio is important and you're trying to set up Ohio so that it is not, Ohio has always used to be a squeamish purple over the last X number of years. As you, you remember, Marcus, when Kerry lost Ohio by maybe 30,000, 40,000 votes, whatever, sure. and it was the difference between you made it. The, the key to, to winning the presidency was, it was 100 years ago. I mean, I'm showing my age now, 127. But when I was a kid, the key to winning the presidency was going through Ohio. Right? Yes. You can't, you can't seed Ohio, right? You have to make sure you're highly competitive, which means you have to build a ground game. Right. And you may lose a Senate seat, but you build a ground game. Um, so I think it, it's, it's kind of interesting. If Nevada holds, if, if, if Nevada's votes that are being counted now turn a Democratic victory in Nevada, and if Arizona holds, you have 50 right off the bat, plus the VP, which is 51. Yeah. Uh, if you, so that's over. If you then win in Georgia, all of a sudden you have a legitimate 51. Uh, now, what does that mean? Schumer's already said, who I think should not no longer be right. majority leader, but Schumer's already said, well, we will never uh, go after the Fuller Buster. The Fuller Buster, rather. I'm thinking one of the days is a Fuller Brush man. I apologize, <laughs> right? But um, it, it seems to me that a, a 51, and you don't have to rely on the VP, is a little better. Now, so what does it all mean? It probably means, hopefully this le- this election taught everybody Let's try and find some common ground mm-hmm. and begin diffusing this uh, the idea that we're all standing up saying this election could cost us the democracy, the greatest democracy that's ever been uh, created. You know, uh, let's try and find common ground. Let's try and diffuse some of the some of the. Uh, uh, you know, the the uh, real venom that's taken place in politics. Let's go to the phones. We've got some calls on the line. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Good evening, fellas. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Um, Scott used to be my favorite mayor, and then he told us to vote for Elizabeth Warren. Oh. <laughs> so uh, I got to wonder what happened there with Scott. But, Scott, you say that we should all get along here. That You know, and that's, I hear a lot of politicians say that. I, I, I never also, said we should get along. I said we should find common ground. So. Well, common ground is get along. I mean, let's be honest and something. But how do you do that if we keep electing the same people? And that's what we've done. 
Well, so that is that is true. But I can also tell you, since I I got involved in national politics in 1972. In 1972, the rate for incumbents winning was like, uh, and I'm, I'm extrapolating this now, but 85, 90% in that area. It's never changed. Right. So we're always electing the same people. It may be different people because of uh, they age out or that something may, you know, may take place. But we're always electing the same people. We always seem to uh, bang the heck out of the drum and then say my local state rep, uh, I'm sorry, my local congressman or my senator is someone who's really not part of the problem, right? So you can find common ground with the same people if they understand they represent people. So if they understand they represent you and me, I want them to start thinking about representing you as well. But how can they understand that if you keep just sending them to office? If if parties first as well. And and you you, you just said it. I'm a lifelong Democrat. I'll always be a how, how can you honestly say that you're willing to look at life through a different set of glasses if you're sticking with one party? Well, I, 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 I can, well no, that's, 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 again, a, a different argument because I said I am a lifelong Democrat. I didn't say I'm going to vote Democrat lifelong or that I vote for the Democratic candidate you also said we need a strong republican party which frankly frankly i don't agree with well (laughs) well, we do but here's what i'm saying the person who represents me should represent you and vice versa and that's what this is all about i I agree they don't though (laughs) well also there's various strains within each party right yeah um scott Um, would be if he hadn't been born a democrat would probably be pretty damn close to a republican these days well, no, I'm, I'm a right. liberal Democrat, which means that you're you're a, a moderate, right? Yes, I mean, that's, that's right. what it comes down to. And I have tremendous uh, common ground with people, whatever party they're in, who are moderates. I like mean, Charlie Baker. I, like Baker. Like, I thought Baker did a great job. Yeah. You know, I, I thought your, Baker. Your party, is, your, your party is in trouble like the Republicans are because you're taking the extremists like AOC and those kind of lunatics. And then you have the well, Republicans who are taking the, the MAGA crowd lunatics and allowing them to kind of take over the party. Except, except the, the, the difference here is, and I, I don't necessarily agree AOC is a lunatic, but if we're going to talk about who's, who's, who's on the, the furthest flank, of, who's taking the furthest flank of their party, um, AOC is not the president. Donald Trump was the president. The MAGA part of the party runs the party. AOC does not run the party. AOC doesn't have uh, uh, the uh, amount of power uh, uh, that Donald Trump has over his party. And I think the perfect example is that if, if you look at um, what uh, well, Jake... Trump o- doesn't have proved it with the election. What would you say? Trump doesn't have uh, weight over the party because we just proved it with the election, and a lot of his candidates didn't get uh, reelected. So a, a lot of his candidates think- won the primary, though. That's the that's the point, though. They won the primary, so he still holds holds sway over the Republican Party. AOC doesn't hold sway over the Democratic Party at all. Oh, in in fact, you can, you can see I, that I you can see that. Strong. I mean, you you can see that with the letter that they wrote uh, for a diplomatic end, uh, a diplomatic push on Russia, and you had someone like Jake Auchincloss stand up against the diplomatic push, and that was from the left flank of Ricardo. That was from AOC and the squad and all that, and the Biden administration quickly rescinded it. 
AOC got 30 seconds to speak at the Democratic convention. John Kasich was the keynote speaker. So to say that AOC has control of her party, holds sway over her party, I just don't, I, I don't see it. I, I, I don't, I didn't say she's in charge of the party. I said she has, she has a strong voice in it with her group of, of folks like the Magma folks do. They have a very strong voice as well. And I think people, people, normal people, not politically extreme people, we're getting sick of it and we're turning those people off. So we're losing our parties is what's happened. And I think that's happening to the Democrats as much as it's happening to the Republicans. So let me just t- say something quickly. The, uh, in, in, you know, in 1972, uh, the McGovernites took over the Democratic Party. I mean, literally took them over. And Gene Westwood was the chair of the Democratic National Committee. And that's kind of when I, that was a f- time frame that I got involved. And uh, the election was a repudiation of everything and anything that the McGovernites were presenting as a national agenda. The only places you know that they won was Massachusetts and D.C. And they lost everything else. Now, don't forget also, two years later, uh, Nixon, by his own hand, by his own deeds, uh, after that landslide, historic landslide, Mm -hmm. uh, was out of office and, and Ford was in. Ford was a much more uh, moderate type of uh, person from the standpoint of being accepted by the people of the United States. It's it. cyclical. And, and what I'm trying to say Ford, here Ford is lost. that. And then Ford lost. And then Ford lost to. Right. And then Ford lost to Carter. And then Carter had four years of what the heck's going on. And right. we lost to Reagan. And we keep moving. Uh, but the, the interesting thing about this is that uh, you cannot have. Uh, AOC being the uh, spokesperson for the National Party. You cannot have Green being the spokesperson for the Republican Party. You have to have people who are willing to hear what they have to say if it's if it's legal and if it's not hateful, but willing to listen to what they say and then come up with center positions that get things done and attract people to help get things hey, done. Listen, i got to hold you there. we got some other calls on the line. Thanks okay, for the call. Call. Thanks Appreciate call. Good evening. You're live. And Mr. May, you you forgot that the South Wind is also bringing up uh, wafts of food goodness from the Bayside and from uh, Yaya's Pizza. You're right about that. You're absolutely right. You know what? <laughs> Some good stuff. I knew. Neck. I was. You know, my my nose is not as as uh, perceptive as it should be. But you're absolutely right. Is there anyone else down there? That I'm smelling these unbelievable this, this off the hook night, smells. Not, off the well, hook. What else? They're not open right now. Unless it's Cousin Mary down there making their meatballs. That's right. It could be. Also, there's, I mean, this is a great restaurant row here. Yeah. And if you're, if you're out right now trying to figure out where to come eat, Come come down to the radio station, open your window, and then follow the <laughs> sense. You'll you'll go somewhere. <laughs> we, we had yeah, yeah, here on election night, actually. Yeah, we did. Yeah. You've got uh, Jersey just, Mike's across to, the way now. I wanted to say... Uh, somewhere. Uh, the uh, gridlock that, that hopefully we... I hope that we see is uh, a good thing because... Um, one party rule in Massachusetts is bad. On the national level, uh, one party rule is is never, I don't think, has ever been particularly good. Uh, gridlock seems to uh, coincide with the the greatest economic expansions. Uh, less government uh, seems to be the effect of uh, a. Divided Congress and a, you know a, uh, a divided so, uh, government. Do you think it's good when the government can't fund, uh, can't um, 
uh, like make uh, basic appropriations and there's government shutdowns. Like that, that, that's a fight that they always they always agree to. Uh, it, that's not good. I, I agree yeah. that's not good for uh, planning. But you know, for instance, uh, a, a, uh, you know the tripartite system that we have, the balance, the separation of powers, I think came in really handy the other day when they basically said, you know, a judge, which I think will be upheld. So the president basically usurped. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, right. Yeah, I mean, was that was that was that was that a? Uh, I think that's a. That's, that's the way the, our they did it in Texas. Yeah. I, I thought it was limit. We're supposed to limit mm. drastic action. Drastic action. I thought it was funny that the guy who brought the suit got forty thousand dollars in PPP loans forgiven, but um, uh, I don't think. I mean, that 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 particular court in Texas is just where Republicans bring rulings uh, to bring uh, to go to the Supreme well, like, Court. Yeah, yeah, to like go to the Hawaii, Supreme Court. That's like just Hawaii, the farm. Like Hawaii did it to Trump, right? Yeah. The thing is, the thing is, the legal principle is the legal principle. Can no, they, it's can not. They... It's not though. It's what? No, it's not. It's the Republican or a Democrat interpretation of legal principle. We just don't. We, we. Why do you think? Why do you think Mitch McConnell held open a seat for a year and not, didn't let Obama pick it so, so he could pick Clinton it because could he could because that was completely yeah, that within the constitutional bounds of his power. Yep. Yeah, but why did he do it if the legal principle yeah, well, is the legal principle? Well, why didn't he get challenged in a court of law? How could he get challenged in the court of law? How could that go to the Supreme Court? The same, way, the same, the same way Biden's uh, student loan uh, forgiveness just got challenged in law. So one one night we might want to talk about the the uh, evolution of the Supreme Court over the last, uh, say, eight to ten years. And um, uh, I thought that uh, McConnell holding up the... Uh, uh, the seat was a tremendous mistake for the constitutional structure of the United States and the precedent that it, it sets. It was non-cooperation. So well, the, the one thing I always... Non-cooperation it, it, it followed, you, of course, you remember that it followed the uh, the senator from, uh, uh, you know, Spotlight, Nevada, who, who held up the, uh, the previous administration's appointees to the, the D.C. District Court. You know, and and the uh, the nuclear option coming in and and kind well, of the nuclear option had to incre- incremental, incremental the nuclear option had to come in because they weren't so, getting a single judicial appointment through. They were filibustering all the the, the things, and the and the Republicans would have done the same thing when they had the majority. So the and, if, and if they had won, if they, they had won, if the Republicans win, they may wipe out the filibuster, and then it wound up in the Supreme Court level. So with the exception of the people involved in this conversation, I think it's for those listening, I think it's helpful to remember, because, you know, we have such a narrow focus that Donald Trump was nowhere near the presidency when McConnell started holding that seat up. Yeah. That seat was being held up for Hillary Clinton, not saying, you know, or, or, or Jeb Bush. At that moment in time when McConnell started that. It was either Jeb Bush or Hillary Clinton was going to be the next president. Mm-hmm. So it's a very interesting to, to, thing to see how that played out really ultimately. Right. Yeah, um, he lucked out. He rolled the dice and he, and he, and he came up, uh, you know. But the last person you would have wanted to have filled that seat, I think, was Donald Trump. <laughs> McConnell. Are you kidding McCon- me? Yeah. McConnell. First, you th- are you serious? Do you think McConnell he- hated Trump. Yeah, but he, he got what he wanted. He had a Republican. Well, it doesn't matter. Trump Trump just got the list from the Federalist Society. I was just going to say the Federalist. He, he, he got the list. From the, spot, it's right. not like Trump picked. Like it wasn't a Trump pick. But it's a very but Trump. He got lucky that Trump uh, went uh, along with that uh, judicial list. As we've seen, he got yeah. what he wanted. As we've so, seen, what Trump it was does. A brilliant move. That so Trump the caller, the caller yeah. is is making a good point. Yes. Yeah. No. The, yeah. Trump. It was a brilliant move by Trump to announce his uh, potential nominees from the. Uh, 
Federal Society uh, judicial work. So, 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 that, so, so just, just when so, he did that at that point, though, he, he was still looked at as a tremendous underdog. Just, just so, right. just so people, right. just so people who who might not know, the Federalist Society is a council of vampires that started <laughs> under Edwin, <laughs> under uh, under disgraced uh, Attorney what's, General. What's their counterpart, Marcus? Uh, the Constitutional Society, who um, don't do no, anything. No, no, no. The counterpart that that, that the people who that fought the uh, Kavanaugh spent all the money on Kavanaugh. What's the counterpart to the Federalist oh, Society? Is it we the people? No, it's got a more uh, no, no. Listen, no, no. What really? What radical, the Planned Parenthood, judicialism. Okay, or so here's what the Federalist Society actually is. Joking aside, it's an organization that it's a it's a it's a it's an organ activist organization that started in uh, in a law school uh, by Edwin Meese and a few other conservative activists. Edwin Meese was the Attorney General under Reagan, and basically it was a decades long project of grooming attorneys with uh, a legal principle that would help conser- uh, advance conservatism, which is textualism. And uh, over the over the, over time, they recruited the and gro- yeah. yep, they recruited and groomed lawyers and eventually judges that would follow that uh, creed um, uh, stringently. And that's how we ended up with the Supreme Court that we have now is from the grooming of the of the Federalist Society. They completely changed the makeup of the court, and the and the liberals weren't able to. To, to not not only conceptualize the legal principle as effectively like as as digestible as to textualism is to the general public, but uh, counteract or have any antibodies to that well organized and disciplined digestible mo- like uh, like like the like the uh, you know like the Rove's decisions. I mean, uh, the, 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 the justices have to take the law the right, and legal analysts can you know debate and and determine if they if they aired or they they veered from what their constitutional duty was uh what the people know about the court is is very very limited yeah that's true thanks thanks for taking the call i I, I, I had one one last point i'd like to make real quick in new hampshire as we're going national do you think that the uh, the dnc and its allies spent more money on bulldock than the RNC and its allies did. I don't know, but I know they had that strategy, which I right. thought was a foolish, foolish strategy. Stupid, Stupid. Just, horrendous. You know, we, we we spent when I was at the horrendous. DNC. We spent they our did that time. With, they did that with Yunkin too, didn't they? Right. We, yeah. yeah, we spent our time at the DNC when I was uh, there as a kid, uh, trying to figure out how you made sure that people didn't cross over into the Democratic Party process to nominate people. Right. I mean, we we prohibited that in the uh, in the rules. Then to go ahead and, and do it to the other party just doesn't make a lot of sense. Plus, be careful what you wish for. a lot of money for. being thrown around. And, right. and um, I mean, hey. McConnell seemed to uh, focus on Alaska instead of New Hampshire. Right. So the, the other thing bizarre. I want to I say, though, is you, you just said something that the duck just came and fell out of the ceiling <laughs> here. There's a lot of money being thrown around. That was a phrase that the duck had in, in a card <laughs> attached to him. The amount of money thrown around in the in the uh, political industrial complex is disgraceful, mm-hmm. is unneeded, Agreed. and shows that we've completely lost control of our democracy. Uh, so m- my gut feeling on this is that that is, that is a problem, that if we're going forward, we better take a serious right. look at. Otherwise, I, this isn't going to be I'm going to hold you there. i got to take this break. Welcome back. So, hey, um, we talked a little bit about this off air, but it's it's something that um, I'm interested in, in following up on. Is do you think 
it's going to be a good midterm for for Joe Biden, no matter what. Even if if they take both chambers, it's it's going to be an unprecedented midterm. But even if they only lose by a couple of a uh, couple of seats, it's it's probably the best one we've seen in quite a long time. So should Joe Biden run for another term in twenty twenty four? So I think if if we lose one chamber, it's it's and not get wiped out, it's still better than what. You know anyone that I can remember has done. Obama lost sixty seats, right? right. I mean, Obama right. was that shellacking, right? Yep, the, shall- the shellacking, yep. the shellacking. Yeah. So um, here's what I or here's what I would say though: uh, if we lose one, if we lose two, if we maintain two, it's in spite of Biden, and we shouldn't run. He should not run for re-election. Uh, he can go down in history as the, the one of the most important impressive midterm uh, captains as he as he as he pronounced the other day at the White House the big the big pep rally there I'm all for it God bless him congratulations he should not run for re-election in 2024 um, it would be uh, uh, I don't think in the country's best interest in any way for him to run again I think he has uh, reached a point now where it's time for uh, someone else, new uh, uh, faces, new looks, new you know, new thoughts to begin running on a national level. Is, is there an Obama-like figure out there to replace him? I don't, I don't think there's any doubt there is the minute someone's elected. But I think what you need to do is prove that you're a candidate that right. has that presidential well, I guess that's right, uh, right. timber you, you, okay that old theory you, presidential you know timber. who I saw we need an open nominating process to do that you know yes. who, you know who I saw gave give a pretty rousing speech and he just got soundly elected to a major state that the Democrats need to win uh, in order to get to the White House uh, is um, Shapiro the attorney general and now governor or governor elect of Pennsylvania. I, I've seen some of his speeches. I think he does have a presidential presence to him. He's a young guy. He's a good looking guy. I think he present, he, he strikes me and, and he, I mean, Pennsylvania is becoming a bluer state, but they still need to win Pennsylvania in order. And he comes from a state and in a, in, a, in a region, frankly, that they need to that they need they need to win in order to get the White House. So, just you know, throwing some ideas out, out right. there so, for so I think could, he, he's could uh, very impressive. He also uh, beat the philosophy that is possible that the Republicans will be expounding in uh, in twenty twenty four in the fellow that he. Uh, he ran again. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that he's put it this way. He's battle tested from the standpoint of a battleground state. Yeah, he's done it. He's done a decent job. But also uh, you got to govern. Right. Yeah. Right. So right. See how it goes. Yes. That's also, true, right? it's kind of hard to get elected and a year later tell the voters and tell the country I've decided that uh, this is my time to run for president. I think that you want to have a little bit of water under your you know, under your uh, boat before you do that. But I Obama do think didn't. he's very... Obama <laughs> didn't, and you sat there and you said to yourself, uh, this guy doesn't have a shot. Yeah. He doesn't have the experience, right? It's amazing still to this day that oh, yeah, Clinton. Not, not only... But, but the thing is, is... But what Clinton had that Obama didn't uh, have, I mean... 
there's and she still and she still has it. There's a few. <laughs> she has not. She is. She still has it. She should not run. Right. Well. Well. That's what I'm. It's, it's just. <laughs> yeah. No. What. What I'm saying is, uh, didn't have a record to attack. Obama right. could say, you know. He's got to thank Bobby Rush for beating him in 2000 in the Democratic primary for Congress because he might have voted for the Iraq War, right. and then he wouldn't have had that to run on. It was one of the, it was one of the wedge issues of that campaign, and so so that's what I'm saying is you you've got to strike while the iron's hot. If you get elevated to a spot, I mean, you look at Chris Christie; he he could have ran for president in 2012. He decided to wait, and then immediately after, uh, you know, 2012 was Bridgegate. So you've got to you just got I think you just got to go. You ever been? You ever? First of all, you're absolutely right, 100 percent right. This, this is why people should tune in, because there's always great points being made every night here. I agree. On Thank the national you. level, the local level, it's always fun. Uh, let's talk about Bridgegate for one second. Have you ever gone over the George Washington Bridge and ended up in, I think that's Elizabeth, New Jersey, isn't it? A Lee. A Lee, New Jersey? Is it Lee? Lee, New Jersey, maybe yeah, maybe Lee, right across the way, yes, right? Maybe Lee. right across. Yeah. Have you ever not Matuchin? Have you? No, well, no, we're not. We're not, <laughs> not Matuchin. No, we're not touching Matuchin. Let me <laughs> let me ask them though. Have you ever gone across the the bridge and taken the very first exit, which is very unnatural? It's the right no, hand. I line. haven't. No. Okay, I have because I went the wrong way one night with gig on the uh, on the uh, George Washington Bridge. I wasn't I wasn't watching what I was doing, and instead of coming towards New England. I turned towards New Jersey, so I had to get off immediately, cursing profusely because I was now going to get hit with like a fifteen oh, yeah. toll. Right, price, oh, right, yeah, right. But that was the least of my problems. the The biggest problem was getting off at that exit, which is what Christie had jammed up. Yes, and it is. It is. Uh, let me try and describe what it would be like around here. It's uh, it, it's similar to when you're going across. The Fairhaven New Bedford Bridge towards Fairhaven, and you immediately take that exit to Route 18. Okay. But now envision that Route 18 has a gas station at the end of the exit in city streets. Right. And you back that thing up basically all the way down the South Bronx Expressway, well beyond Yankee Stadium. Right. All the way down to Co op City. And you are sitting there saying to yourself, This is the worst traffic jam I've ever seen, A. And B. I've got to get to work, a doctor's appointment, my right. kid's school, whatever. And then somehow you get everybody else to take the blame for it. That should disqualify you for ever running for president of the United States if you've ever gone through the Cross Bronx Expressway. <laughs> I think it did, right? Oh, it, it did and it should and it, it will. And, um, and then add the other thing of closing all your beaches and then going with a picnic basket with yourself and yeah, your right. kids right, to the beach. Right. That is a do as I say not as I block the bridge and go to the beach, right? Right, right. Yeah, problem. So I don't think he rehabilitates himself. And then he also let a girl get sentenced to jail when he could have stepped forward. That was a mistake. That was yes. a big mistake. That You know, that's when... Because they wouldn't have sentenced him to jail. That's when an anti-hero, okay, right. can become a hero. Oh, yeah. Right? You get up, while they're sentencing, you get up and go, knock down the doors like they like Dustin Hoffman in The Graduate, in the church, <laughs> right. right? Go right. running in, screaming, saying it was me. Right. Instead, he said, that nothing. wasn't me. Right, right. nothing. Yeah. Just let her go. So, that, so anyway, how did that even come up? But it, it came out, oh, yeah, because... because I said, you got to strike while the iron's you hard. You like, and, and you know, like Chris Christie. That is, and I said, that's a great example, right? Yeah. So let me ask you this question. In that same vein, how hard is it going to be for... Mara Healy to resist the call to run for president. 
Should be extremely difficult. Right. Very difficult. Because she's going to be asked. Yeah, no, we need a good governor. We don't need someone who has decided. We already have national politicians, myself included, right? Right. To be out there talking about national issues. Right. We don't need, we don't need our governor doing that again. We've seen what, that ha- what happens when we do that. We get dissuaded from the things that we have to concentrate on for our own state kids and our parents, grandparents. The, the good thing is I think we'd have a strong partner in, uh, in our, uh, a strong governor in uh, Kim Driscoll. So I think that Driscoll. That, that, is, that is very true, but yeah. it's still it, no reason. It almost run. looks to me like if I'm Healy, I feel comfortable saying Driscoll's in charge. I'm heading to Iowa. Yeah. The, 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 the bloom comes off the rose the minute you do that. I mean, you no, can't, I know. you know, unless you're going to win, right? right. Well, if that's you're going to win, then we'll all go up to the state house and climb through the windows and, you know, <laughs> pilfer the, the furniture. It'll be like right. Andrew Jackson. Right. But the fact is that the likelihood of a first-term governor uh, going out and capturing Iowa is, is uh, I think, I, I think, uh, not realistic at this point. We're going to take a break. 1420 WBSM, where freedom of speech lives. Start. You don't have to stick by your radio to hear all of South Coast tonight. Stream Chris and Marcus on the WBSM app or download their podcast. South Coast Tonight continues now. Welcome back. We got some calls. Good evening, you live. Hi, how are you? Good, good, how are you doing? Good, good. You know, uh, let me instigate some trouble with no facts or footnotes. <laughs> I like that. Okay. okay. Welcome to the club. Off to a good start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, when uh, when Martha's Vineyard incident happened, fifty Venezuelans came in thanks to Ron DeSantis. Immediately, the National Guard, matter of hours, not weeks or days, National Guard intervened, and people were driven by bus to a military installation, got cleaned up, etc., and all that. It was wonderful. I can't compare it to anything uh, we, uh, the governor ever did so quickly and swiftly and so neatly with a positive ending to it, and which told me that this could have been done for years whenever there was a group of Illegals coming into Massachusetts, totaling eight hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Everybody agrees on that number. Sure. So anyway, uh, opportunity lost, I suppose. But we have tent cities, and why don't we do the same with tent city people? Um, what are they? Twenty five, thirty thousand in the whole state, not eight hundred thousand illegals running around in seven thousand square miles of Massachusetts. So uh, long and short of it is. Um, where there's a will, there's a way. And we were told this is not a political move, Martha's Vineyard. This is humanitarian. Okay, let's extend it. The camel's in the tent. Let's take care of tent cities. Let's take care because these people are in tent cities because they got addictions. they got ghosts. They've got mental illnesses that probably haven't been diagnosed, like bipolar. They probably deinstitutionalize uh, 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 when the caucus deinstitutionalize everything. This is the extrapolation of people without a safety net. They can't so you should go. You should go to the uh, state house. house. So you should go to the state house and testify. Every point you're making is exactly right on the button. It's true. Although I think it's well that uh, that continued the acceleration of knocking out the state hospitals. He did well. well. Absolutely yeah. did. Yes. State hospitals, but uh, the mental institutions like Paul A. Deva. 
uh, when Robert Crane uh, was Dever, trying to Dever had some issues. That was done by Dukakis. Uh, I think they closed Dever. And it Dever. was done to eliminate pensions. Dever, Dever, had, Dever had some yeah. serious issues. Dever, there's movies. Okay, thank you. Dever, yeah. thanks very much. But thanks the reality the of it is but what you said you're is right. right. Yeah, you're right, absolutely. sir. Absolutely. We've got to do something about all these people out there because they're human beings. Right. And by, it's a disgrace. By, by the way, we were talking about um, what happened on the Cape electorally. Yes. Uh, Cape and Islands. It's a Cape and Islands district for Senator Sear, who won re-election, and for the the, the DA and Barnes, uh, the DA and the um, and the and the sheriff uh, sheriff's race. I wonder if that had anything to do with it. You think the 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 the, the Santa stunt? Oh, I wonder. Because I mean, Sear built a pretty like I national deal, profile. I think, I think I think Deal was, did more damage than DeSantis. It may did. they may have been the cherry on top, but Deal was the whole Sunday. Right, we got to take one more break. All right. All right. A minute uh, until the third hour, which we decided was um, a pre-show for Spooky South Coast tomorrow. So we have um, <laughs> we have Scott Lang here in studio with us. If you'd like to give us a call, you can at 508-996-0500. Yeah. Um, there's a lot on the table. There's a lot to discuss. Yeah, um, scary stuff. But not. Yeah, we don't we don't know how scary it's going to get. Well, it's really. going to be Spooky South Coast because right. it's going to be it's going to get scary. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how we'll take your calls. We'll also take your uh, we'll also take your app chats, <coughs> maybe, and um, and that's pretty much it. Stick around for the stick commercials. around. Yeah, the the commercials are good. You wanna you wanna listen to the commercials because there's great products that you should probably purchase. Because um, if you do, uh, we get to stay here. Actually, <laughs> right, right. We get to stay here. So I think you should listen to the commercials. Listen to the news. Listen to the news. That's important. And then listen to the... You might even think of a good question if you listen right. to the news. And that's you can right. call us and ask us. We have Scott here for a little while longer. Yeah. The point is you got to stay by your radio all day, every minute, every or second. Or your iPhone, whatever you're, st- whatever you're listening to us on. Yeah. All right. 